11th chapter, Matthew chapter 11, and we'll begin there. Matthew chapter 11, and what may be some familiar verses uh, for some of you, some of you may be hearing these for the first time, but um, some very beautiful verses, I refer to them as the Great Invitation, we often talk about the Great Commission, this is... um, an invitation that Jesus extended to, um, to anyone who will hear it and receive it. Praise God. So Matthew chapter 11. All right, let's begin at verse number 28. Again, Jesus speaking, written in red. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Say with me this morning. Say rest. Come on, you can do better than that. Say rest. Rest. Amen. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now we're continuing our study this morning on the subject of giving the Lord the place He deserves in our lives. Giving the Lord the place He deserves in our lives. And this is uh, really uh, message number nine on this subject. Uh, If you weren't here for those others, you can get caught up. They're on our website free of charge, um, hccnow.org. And by the way, while I'm mentioning the website, um, Brother Jason Peavy has just continued to work on that. He's moved home to Louisiana, but um, he still is upgrading, working on the uh, website, and we're just volunteering his work, and man, we're just so blessed by him. But a new announcement, um, there's over a, I say over almost a thousand hours of teaching on the website, but a lot of that was in archives and could only be played like on an Apple platform, and um, all of those were converted uh, this past week, so now you can access all of that uh, on your Android phone or different uh, platforms and media players and these kinds of things. So just want to also, you know, give a shout out to Jason, thank him for that, but also uh, make you aware of that. I know sometimes people have gone there and like, Pastor, I want to listen to that, but it, it won't work on my phone or that sort of thing. Well, it will now. Amen. And so we encourage you to check that out. But again, this is a part of a, a series of messages. And um, if you weren't here for the others, that's okay. You can benefit from what we'll talk about this morning. But those other messages are also available if you'd like to uh, check them out. Praise God. Now, I believe giving God the place He deserves in your life is among the most important things you can ever do, uh, some, one of the most important things also that you can ever grow in. And that's one of the things that we've tried to emphasize throughout this teaching is that, you know, this is not just something you do once, you know, it, as, as you grow, as you understand, and as you learn more, it calls for a greater and deeper commitment from us. And that's, again, something as, as we mature, we're able to make a, a deeper commitment, a greater commitment. Well, we see this in all areas of our lives. Um, you may start with a company, uh, you know, doing uh, some low-level task, but as you prove yourself trustworthy, um, they trust you with more and more. There's greater responsibility, greater commitment, and, and you kind of work your way up through the ranks in that way. And so the same is true when it comes to giving God the place He deserves in our lives. Um, if you're a baby Christian, just been born again a little while, you may not even understand what that looks like or what that means. Uh, but again, as we grow in this and develop in this, we're doing it more and more and doing it better and better. 
The Lord spoke to my heart early uh, this year, really um, the beginning of, uh, the end of last year, the beginning of this year as we transitioned into 2019, that many of his people are wanting him to do things in their lives that they have not given him the place to do. They're wanting him to do things in their lives that they have not given him the place to do. Now, last Sunday we looked at a lot of things, but one of the things that the Lord really breathed on last Sunday was that He cannot keep what we refuse to commit to Him. The Bible says that He will keep that which we commit to Him. And so again, we're wanting Him to keep things, oversee things, take care of things in our lives that we have not yet given Him place to keep or take care of because we haven't committed those things to him and the Lord built on that truth last week when he said the church is wanting him to have a place in our nation that we have not yet given him in the church and we want him to have a place in the church that we have not yet given him in our families and we want him to have a place in our families that we've not yet given him personally how can he be lord over the family if he's not lord over mom and dad how can he be lord over the church if he's not lord over the people and families that are the church how can he be lord over a nation if he's not even lord over his body living in that nation so jesus being lord over the united states begins with you giving him place and making him lord over you praise God so again people get really frustrated with the Lord they wonder why he's not doing this for them why he's not helping here and and listen I know there could be different answers I'm not just trying to give you one answer to what could be uh, a, a complex problem in your life but I'm telling you the first place we need to look is are we giving him place to do that are we making our business his business are we, are we giving Him the place in our lives necessary for Him to be able to do in our lives what only He can do? Now, I want to go back to this Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 this morning. First of all, notice that Jesus says, come to me. And the comma is, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And He's talking about people who have just life is wearing them down. Life is wearing them out. And, and as we get older, many times we wind up accumulating a lot of baggage and, 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 and it just seems like the, the deeper we go into life, the harder life becomes, the heavier life becomes. And Jesus' invitation is for you to come to Him in that condition and He will do what? I will give you rest. And I also want you to notice that He says, come to me all. So this isn't just for one person or for some select group of people or for rich people or poor people or, or, or Jewish people or Gentile people. He said, all, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and what will he do? I will give you rest. Now, this is what most people understand about coming to Jesus and have never really had the rest of this invitation explained to them. Or maybe we have had it explained to us, but we just didn't really want to hear the rest of this. Amen. The rest of this is not bad news. The rest of this is good news. Amen. So the same Jesus who says, come to me, also invites you in verse 29 
take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. We'll talk a little bit more about what that is um, as we uh, progress through this morning. But as we begin, I just want to point out that word take. Take. What this is communicating is that Jesus is offering something to you, but He's not going to force it on you. He's offering it. He's opened the door for you. But if you're going to take advantage of that opportunity, you're going to have to walk through that door. He's saying, here's what I'm offering to you. Would you like to accept it? Would you like to receive it? Are you interested in reaching out and taking it? Okay? So come to me and I will give you rest. But then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's unpack some more of this. This four-letter word, rest. This four-letter word, rest. It is speaking of so much more than a good night's sleep. A four-letter word, rest, that represents everything Jesus has done for you and everything that He has freely given to you. Rest is the New Testament promised land. In Hebrews we learn that the entire promised land, the entire blessing of that covenant that God made with Abraham that, that we also know of as the promised land for God's chosen people in the Old Testament. The Bible breaks that word down, that, I'm sorry, that place down, that territory down, that lifestyle down, living their best life in, 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 the, in the best way, the best place that God had promised to them. Promised life in their promised land. God simply called it entering into their rest. Entering into their rest. And so when he uses that same word in the New Testament, he's talking about not just, again, uh, rest or a break or a respite, but he's talking about everything that Jesus came to do for you and everything that He has given to you. Now, again, I put up on the screen, come and I will give you rest. But then Jesus says, learn and you will find rest. Something that will really help you this morning is if you will go ahead and, and understand, recognize the difference between Jesus giving you something and you discovering what He gave you. See, there's a lot of folks who think that if, if, if I'm not at rest, I don't have rest. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus says that if you will come to Him, He will give to you rest but you will not discover the rest that you've been given unless you let Him teach you some things. Because what happens to so many of us is we come to Him, He gives us His kingdom, He gives us His righteousness, He gives us His freedom, He gives us His blessing, He gives us His wisdom, He gives us His position, He gives us His anointing, He gives us His spirit, He gives us His word, He gives us His name, and I could just keep on until we're out of time today, amen, of all that He has given to us. He's given us abundant life, amen. But because we tend to still go about life the way we've always gone about it, we tend to experience what we've always experienced in life. So Jesus says, number one, come to me and I will give. Learn from me and you will find. This word find here would perhaps be more accurately translated discover. You will discover. 
often say that discipleship is not about becoming something that you're not. Discipleship is not about becoming something you're not. Discipleship is about discovering. Discipleship is about discovering. Discipleship is finding out who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, come and I will give, learn, and you will find rest. You will discover rest. Let me give you some examples of this, or one example of this in Scripture. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 from the New King James Version says this, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ Jesus has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now let me give you this from the message translation. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. From God's Word translation, Christ has freed us so that we may enjoy the benefits of freedom. There are a lot of people that Christ has freed that are not yet enjoying the benefits of their freedom. There are a lot of people that Jesus has made righteous that are not yet enjoying the benefits of their righteousness. There are a lot of people that Jesus has blessed that, have, that are not yet enjoying the blessings of being blessed. The benefits of being blessed. Christ has freed us. Why did He free you? He freed you so that you may enjoy the benefits of freedom. Therefore, be firm in this freedom and don't become slaves again. There's another thing I want to point out here. And that is, if the Lord doesn't give you rest, doesn't matter how hard you look for it, you'll never find it. You'll never find it. And, and what will actually happen in your, in your search for, in your pursuit of rest, you'll wind up accumulating a whole lot of baggage and a whole lot of burdens. So let me give you this again, but I want to show it to you this way. Come and I will give. Take my yoke and you will learn Learn and you will discover. Come and I will give rest. Take my yoke and you will learn my ways of rest. Learn and you will discover, experience, enjoy the rest that I have given you. Now, let's take this again. Notice what we're doing. We're just looking at this verse, breaking it down, looking at it in different ways. You cannot find without learning, and you cannot learn without accepting His yoke. You cannot find without learning, and you cannot learn without accepting His yoke. Come and I will give. Take my yoke, and you will learn. Learn, and you will discover you will discover what you've already been given. You will discover who you've already become. You will discover the benefits that are yours. You will discover the authority that you have. You will discover the wisdom that is available to you. Not take my yoke and I will give. No, come and I'll give. It's grace. 
Come and I will give. Take my yoke and you'll learn. Learn and you'll discover. See, most folks, because of the way it was preached, the way it was explained, we just heard, come to Jesus, he'll forgive you for your sins, right? And absolutely, but it's a whole lot more than forgiving the sins, it's taking away the sins. And it's given you Father's kingdom, it's given you his name, it's given you all these things. I've actually had people ask me over the years, Pastor Mark, I, I was promised abundant life when I accepted Jesus. When does that abundant life part kick in? Well, see, we've been given the life and nature of God in overflowing abundance without end. But if we never take the yoke, if we never take the yoke, we will never be able to learn what we need to learn to discover what's already true, what's already ours. I want to say it about 15 more times, 15 more different ways, but I think you got it by now. I also want to point out to you something that ought to get you a little happy, okay? Jesus did not offer you a bridle. He did not offer you a bridle. He didn't say, here, put this bridle on and let me saddle you up and ride you. That's what religion does to us. Religion tries to put a bridle in our mouths and a saddle on our back and puts more bondage and, and, and more junk on us that we, burdens that we cannot bear, bear or carry that we were never meant to bear or carry. Jesus did not say, here's a bridle for you, I'm handing them out to anybody that wants them. He says, here is a yoke. And what he means by yoke is something that will join your life together with his in a practical and effective way. Let me put a picture one up on the screen for you this morning. That's a yoke. That's a yoke. And a yoke was used in, for different purposes, but let's just use the concept of an, or the idea of an, of an ox. And, and so this yoke would have been placed upon the shoulders of, and the, and the loop would have, been, would have come around the bottom of the, of the neck of two um, oxen that were similar. The Bible said to never put an ox and a donkey, for instance, in the same yoke because that would be unequally yoked. So it's two oxen that are, that are similar that would, would be joined together with a yoke. So Jesus, again, did not, did not offer you a singular bridle, but he offered you a yoke, and not just any yoke, he offered you his yoke. He's offering you the opportunity, if you're willing to take the opportunity, he's offering you the opportunity to be joined together with him in life. To, to, to join forces together with him. He's saying, I've already put this yoke on. Why don't you come beside me and take my yoke and let's pull together. Let's join together. He's inviting us to come and walk alongside him in fellowship. He's inviting us to come and to learn from him. Not just sit in the classroom and learn from him, but to learn from him as we walk through life. And he's saying to you and me, I'm not offering you a bridle for me to sit back and, and, and basically tell you what to do, but I, instead I'm offering you the intimacy of a yoke so that we can do it together we can learn together 
I'm getting somewhere so far ahead of myself, we probably won't really get to this till tonight, but it keeps jumping up in my spirit. And here's what we need to understand. Jesus has lived successfully on this earth as a man. He knows how to do it. You see, what the farmer would do is he would take a trained ox, and an ox that was, that was used to wearing a yoke, and he would put an untrained ox in the yoke beside one that's been trained so that the one that doesn't know how could learn from the one who does. And here's the thing that you need to understand about Jesus. Jesus. He knows how to please Father God. He knows how to please Him as a man on planet Earth. He knows how to live the life that God created all of us to live, not as the eternal Son of God on the throne, but as a man of like passions as we are. He knows what it is to be tempted and yet not succumb to the temptation. He knows what it is to, to have everything against Him, pulling Him away from Father's will, but to continue to submit to that will. He has done it he has done it successfully. He has done it as our substitute. And now he's saying, I know how to do this. I'm trained in it. You're not. Come learn from me and I'll show you how to do it as well. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's some of you in here. The picture of that scares you almost out of your mind. The thought of that makes your skin crawl. There's something inside of you that says, if I had somewhere to run right now, I'd run from this place. Because we run from that yoke. Don't fence me in. Don't you dare try to limit my choices. Don't you? See, again, we see that as, as the worst possible thing we could ever do in life. The devil is a liar. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen to me now. Yoke speaks of and represents oneness, closeness, partnership, union, a visible bond. Come on now. Come on now. If we're walking with Jesus, there ought to be a visible bond. The Bible says, let your, let your works um, glorify God. Amen. Let your good works glorify God so that men may see them and, and, and glorify the Father in heaven. Praise God. In other words, it, 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 they may not be able to see Jesus right there beside you, but they ought to be able to see Jesus right there beside you. A visible bond, joint participation, sharing the load, and walking in step together alongside one another. That's what a yoke represents. That's what Jesus is inviting you and me to take this morning. But the yoke also represents submission. It represents humility, trust, commitment, surrender. It also represents effort, duty, responsibility. That yoke does represent a burden. It's a light one, but it is a burden nonetheless. But Jesus' yoke is not a yoke of religion. His yoke is not a yoke of bondage. Nor is His yoke a yoke of legalism or perfectionism. Listen to me now. Those are the yokes that religion tries to put on us. Those are the yokes that this world tries to put on us. 
The yoke that Jesus is offering you this morning is not a yoke of perfectionism. He told me specifically to say that word this morning. It's not a yoke of perfectionism. In other words, he's not saying you can take this yoke, but the first time you you get a desire to pull off the row and do something else, you're out of here. No, no, no. See, he doesn't expect you to be perfect. He's saying, come alongside me and let me teach you. Come alongside me and learn of me. I'm perfect. He's perfect. Jesus speaking. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Jesus is saying to you and me, I'm perfect. You're not. But if you'll come alongside me, I will teach you and you will learn of me and you will discover all that I've made available to you so that you can live the life that Father God created you to live. It's not a yoke of religion, it's not a yoke of bondage, nor is it a yoke of perfectionism or legalism. Let me tell you what his yoke is, are you ready? His yoke is a yoke of fellowship. His yoke is a yoke of fellowship. And it just so happens that we were created by God for the yoke of fellowship. Let me put the picture back up there. Amen. To refuse the yoke of fellowship is to try to do it yourself. Also known as independence. The yoke of fellowship with God was first rejected in the Garden of Eden. The devil enticed Adam and Eve to cast off the yoke of fellowship and plow out on their own. But because we were created for the yoke of fellowship, if we reject the yoke of fellowship, we will wear a yoke. There is no such thing as a yokeless existence. We will either take the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light, that is the yoke of fellowship with our Creator, or we will wear the yoke of legalism and the yoke of bondage to this world and the rudimentary elements of it. There is no such thing as being yokeless. So we can either choose the one that we were created for, or we can continue to endure the miseries of the ones that we were not created for. But those are our choices this morning. If you reject the easy yoke and light burden of fellowship with Jesus and the Father, you open yourself up for the impossible yokes and crushing burdens of this world. Now the good news is this, you can only wear one yoke at a time. Accepting the yoke of fellowship will both practically and effectively remove and prevent the yoke of bondage from around your neck. You cannot learn. Listen to me now. We're talking about giving him place, right? We're talking about giving him place. Come and I will give. Take my yoke and you will learn. Learn and you will discover. You cannot learn what you need to know outside of the yoke of fellowship. There are things you will learn walking alongside Jesus 
that simply cannot be learned any other way. Think about that now for a minute. This is where I want to go off into a whole other teaching that we're working on right now. I'm going to just mention it briefly, okay? His words cannot have a place in your life that he does not have. His name cannot have a place in your life that he does not have. So there's a lot of folks who haven't given Jesus the place he deserves, but boy, they want to throw his name around all the time. If you haven't given Jesus the place in your life he deserves, the devil will laugh at you if you rebuke him in the name of Jesus. He will laugh at you. He will laugh at you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he's just sitting there going, that name means nothing to you and you expect it to mean something to me coming out of your mouth. See, it don't, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. That's what I'm saying. We're wanting him to do things in and through our lives that we haven't given him place to do. And you cannot learn what you need to know outside of the yoke of fellowship. There are things that we need to know in order to enjoy and experience the things that we've been given that cannot be learned apart from walking alongside Jesus in our everyday lives. Man, the Lord spoke something to me and I had to, I had to pray about it, man. I, I'm like, Father, that, I'm just not sure that's you. That sounds like me. And he's like, well, read the verse again. He told me to tell you this morning, there's no such thing as burdenless Christianity. There's no such thing as burdenless Christianity. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, Jesus said the yoke is easy and the burden, not that there was no burden. If there was no burden, he would say, my yoke is easy and there's no burden with it. That's not what he said. He said the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. So if there was no burden along with the yoke, he would say, my yoke is easy and there is no burden. But remember, he's calling people who are, who are burdened and heavy laden. Right? So is there a burden associated with the yoke of fellowship? Absolutely. So am I trying to talk you out of it? No, I'm trying to help you understand what it is. I'm like, well, Father, if there's no such thing as burdenless Christianity, no such thing as a burdenless fellowship with you, then what does that mean? Sometimes when I don't understand things, I think way complex, way complicated things. It's not complicated. It's not complex. Think about it for a moment. Relationships of any kind take effort on our part. Do they not? Communion, which means sharing your life with others, takes time. It takes commitment. And it takes considerable, consistent effort. And the more important the relationship, the higher the relationship, the higher the stakes, and the greater the effort is required. 
I've said this before, it bears repeating again this morning. One of the mistakes that a lot of people make in their marriage is over time, over time, husbands and wives begin to treat one another like brothers and sisters. Because the highest, the highest form of relationship slash fellowship on planet earth outside of our relationship, fellowship with God is the relationship between a man and a woman where God miraculously joins them together as one spirit. And we must work, we must put effort into maintaining the high standard of marriage and what that relationship should be and the respect and honor that we should give one another in our marriages because if we don't, it will slowly digress. It will slowly degrade down to the level of brother and sister. And what does that look like? Fight like cats and dogs, but nobody else better say anything to her. Right? There's no such thing as burdenless Christianity. The burden associated with the yoke of fellowship is the effort that's required on our part, the time that's required on our part, the sacrifice, if you want to call it that, the commitment, the consistent and continued effort that's required on our part to maintain a, a walk and a relationship with Him of the highest order. It's very easy for us to take people very close to us for granted. And I'm sure I'm guilty of it, and I've asked the Lord to help me with that. People that mean the world to us, and we don't talk to them for years. I was at a restaurant recently, and a friend of mine from high school walked in. Hadn't seen him in, in months. Man, it was so good to get caught up with him. You know, you think, man, all these people, they're so good, and just blessings to your life, and these sorts of things. Well, why, why have I not spent more time with my friend Todd Wisenhunt? It's because I... We've been, I've been busy, he's been busy. We haven't made it a priority. Could I say it another way? I haven't given him that place in my life. I haven't given him that place in my life. My time, my effort, my agenda, my calendar has been filled with other things and other people. And, not, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to get under some guilt load here. Amen, we're busy and I got all that. Amen. I'll tell you what did bless my heart. He's been watching the discipleship classes. And I had no idea, but he was talking about how much they've been a blessing to him so, on the internet. So praise God. So the burden of this is we've got to give him place in our lives. We've got to make room for him in our lives. He said it was an easy yoke and a light burden, but it is a yoke and it is a burden nonetheless. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Though, singers, musicians, if you would, please come. Those who will be serving communion, if you would please come as well. There's some things here that we'll get into in greater detail tonight. The word learn here is the Greek word manthano, which means to learn by experience, to put forth an intense effort to learn by experience. When he said his yoke is easy, don't let that word easy confuse you. It literally means to furnish what is needed, profitable, good for any use. One more time, he says, come, and what will he do if we come? Say it with me, he'll give, right? Come, and he'll do what? 
Say it, give. Come and he will what? Give. Say it louder, give. Take my yoke and what? Learn. Learn and you will what? Discover. Amen. 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 Father, as we stand before you this morning, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your life. We thank you for what you've done for us and for the opportunities now that are before us. Father, I thank you that, that we have come and we've received from you now. Father, we're, we're learning to take this yoke of fellowship and to walk alongside you in life and to learn from Jesus the things that we need to learn to discover what's true about us and what's already been given to us. Father, as we partake of communion together this morning, I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is going to just supernaturally help us really, really, really embrace the price that's been paid for us to have this opportunity to have, Lord, this yoke of fellowship with you available to us. Father, I thank you as well this morning for, Lord, there's no guilt, there's, there's no condemnation. This isn't about trying to, to shame people, Father. But Lord, that, that we would see, even if some of these words hit us hard or, or sting us this morning because we know we're not giving you the place we deserve. Father, it's not about guilt and shame and condemnation. It's about, it's about the opportunity and the hope that that opportunity presents to our lives, that things can be better than they are right now, that the burdens that have been crushing us, that have been depressing us, that have been holding us back, Father, that we can, in an instant, Lord, trade that yoke of bondage back in for the yoke of fellowship with you, putting one off by putting on the other and experiencing, Lord, what you have for us and to teach us, Lord. In life. May we commit ourselves to it and may we give you that place this morning to the best of our ability by faith. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. They're coming now to serve you communion. If you're a guest with us this morning, we would love for you to partake with us. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you're, you're a member of us. Amen. If you're served first, if you would, please hold your emblems until everyone has been served and then we'll all partake together. I ask also that you just remain in an attitude of worship. Um, matter of fact, you could even sing along with them as they lead us in worship and, um, and then we'll all partake together in just a moment.